for 52 years, y'all have been waiting for this. You want to talk about underdog? You want to talk about a hungry dog? For 52 years, you've been starved in this championship. You know what's up. You know what's up. Everybody wonders why we're so mean. Everybody wonders why the Philadelphia Eagles aren't the nicest fans. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm fucking pissed off. What's up, Fern? What's good, Javi? How you doing, man? Uh, just another day. We are back. Uh, football is around the corner, so I figured let's get some fans on. Let's talk football. Let's go oh, yes. break this down division by division um, and just get one fan per division. So this week we're going to talk to an Eagles fan, um, get their perspective on their team. They won the Super Bowl. It's still crazy to you know even say that out loud, but they did win, and they won convincingly, I thought. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, the Eagles had a great year. Uh, it's going to be tough. The NFC East, being an NFC West fan, to to sit here and, and uh, you know, dive into the NFC East. Uh, I'll pour up my whiskey and sit back and let's hear what some of these fans have to say for their squads and, and what they're expecting coming up uh, this season. But it's, it was a great year for the Eagles, and they're expecting another big one. Yeah, definitely. I, I, don't, I don't see them uh... – Regressing, they should be a playoff team. The roster is still intact uh, for the most part. They've had some really smart additions. Um, and then, you know, the big question mark is going to be Carson Wentz. But uh, let's get our first guest on, uh, my brother, our close friend, uh, Chris. Hey, Chris, what's going on, buddy? What's up, guys? What's uh, up, dude? <laughs> so how's it feel to be a champ, finally? It's been a load off my shoulders. <laughs> been a long time coming, man, huh? Very appreciative of what Lori put together down there with the GM, with Howie and them. Finally brought one back home. All the cheesesteaks for everybody down in Philly. I know they ran out of rolls <laughs> down there that day. Yeah, so That's the Eagles, right. uh, as everyone right. knows, they won Super Bowl. They beat the Patriots. Um, went 13-3 last year. They had a little bit of a uh, scare. You know, Carson Wentz get hurt in that Rams game. I know in talking with you, Chris, during the season, you were like, oh, no. He's, you know, we went back and forth a little while about, you know, his injury. So how were you feeling at that time? I was a little little scared at the time, but I know uh, what we had in Foles and just being that the uh, – what what they what they built down there all season, just uh, team camaraderie, all that stuff, man. They played as a team regardless of what the situation uh, was at the time. Uh, Peter's gone down. Spurl's gone down. They still push, push forward regardless of the situation. Once was just a, you know, it was sad to see him go, but 
you know, as a team, they put it together and just finished the job. So I, I got to ask you, Chris, uh, being a big fan. So once you saw Wentz go down, I know you, you had a veteran in Foles that, uh, or Foles that you knew what he would bring to the table. Um, you know, he, he played really well, you know, in terms of his history with, with Philadelphia and that's what he did. He feel, it looked really comfortable there, but now I had thought when Wentz went down that even if Foles went on a run like this, there would be no quarterback controversy because of the type of quarterback Carson Wentz is. But now that you've won a Super Bowl, there's, you know, questions on the knee. Is it okay? You know, what what happens if, I don't know, you know, Wentz is a little slower getting back into things or he's struggling early on in the season? You know, how, how are Eagles going to, fans as well as the organization, going to be able to handle potential quarterback controversy and, and you know, kind of keep that uh, at bay? Well, I mean, I think as far as uh, Wentz goes um, – as long as Peterson thinks he's ready, I think he'll ride him out. Uh, as a fan, knowing he's a franchise quarterback, I'd, I'd let him rock out and sit on the bench for a little bit, make sure that he's 100% um, going into the yeah. future. You know, chasing a ring, it's all good. But uh, w- in reality, if you can get three more or two more within the next three to five years, do you risk taking that just to try to get another one uh, right away? Um that's just me, though. But I know the consensus of Philly yeah. probably different. But <laughs> yeah, the pressure's um, high. Just, just. <laughs> I mean, just looking at Carson when he went down in North Dakota State, that kid came back, brought him back to another national championship. And I mean, it's Division two school, but it's still football. Grown men play. Um, you know, he still brought national championship there, coming off an of injury. I think he can do it again as long as he's one hundred percent. I know he's been attacking the rehab like a madman out there. Um, you know, he was throwing the rock pretty early in his uh, progress. And I know the knee's strengthening up. But uh, as far as QB controversy, I know those guys get along real well. Um, and I think Foles can take a step back, and he understands that he he has a job to, to do. And uh, if he's the backup, then he's the backup. But uh, how do you say, uh, I mean – just being good teammates, man, and I, I think they know each other's role, and uh, I think Foles does understand that this is Carson's team. Um, but when his number's called, I think he'll be ready, just like he was last season. I, I I definitely agree with you. I was surprised, actually, to see Nick stay. I thought he was you know, playing to earn a big contract and give himself a chance as a number one again somewhere. Uh, yeah. I think most people thought that, but then – you know, taking less money, staying in Philadelphia shows the kind of teammate he is. I don't know what uh, the plan is if he's if he's saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to be there till Carson's ready, and when he is, I'm willing to take a step back um, to be a part of something special there in Philadelphia." Because it does seem like something special is happening in that window, that you know, three to five year window. Uh, as long as everyone stays healthy, is kind of open for them to, yeah, to make I, a run I'm at it for the next few years. Yeah, the Eagles. You know, they they got. The pressure's on Wentz, you know, but like Chris said, you know, would you rush him back? I don't think you should. Um, let him sit a couple weeks. Uh, get him right, you know, let him play. I, I wouldn't even let him play in eh, – maybe let him play in the preseason. Maybe play a quarter, two quarters total, like max, in the preseason. And then just let him kind of 
rest up, keep getting acclimated to, you know, the grind of the week in football, whether it be practice, the travel, everything else, and then let them get back out there. Foles is capable enough because the first four games of the season, the Eagles got Atlanta, Tampa, Indy, and the uh, and the Titans. So the two toughest games on that schedule, in my personal opinion, would be the Titans and then the Falcons. So, you know, if you get out of that first four-game stretch, two and two, and then Wentz is back, um, you have the you have the ability just to keep pushing forward and getting you know getting things back on track with Wentz and you know riding this thing out because the rest of the schedule it is tough. Um, but at week five, if that's the game that they bring Wentz back, they do got to play the Vikings and the Vikings have a really good defense. So um, I would uh, I would I would agree with Chris on that. Let him sit for a little while and see what happens. Yeah, you know what? And with their defense, I, I think from a, a game management standpoint, they're going to be able to give themselves a chance to win uh, early on in the season. So, you know, let's not overreact the first few games of the year. Let's uh, let Carson do what he needs to do because he's a special talent. And the last thing you want to do is, is rush this guy when uh, essentially the whole franchise is riding on his shoulders for him to, to take him where they need to when get. When it comes to wins, yeah, definitely. Then, uh, you know, you got a lot of firepower. You got three-headed monster in the back. You got guys that you can flush in and out of the backfield, wide receivers, uh, good offensive line. Um, just the Rams game was a freak thing, and uh, that's the kind of chances you take when you're behind the center. So, yeah. Um, so, it's all Eagles about guts and them. Uh, smart offseason additions, you know, since they lost. So the the, the the key losses, you know, Trey Burton, Torrey Smith, Vinnie Curry, Bo Allen, Patrick Robinson, I would say those are the biggest ones. But then they, they added Michael Bennett via trade. They added Daryl Worley via trade, but they cut him because he got arrested. Uh, that whole thing kind of looked really weird. And then they re-signed Nigel Bradham mm-hmm. and then signed Mike Wallace and Haloti Nada. Um so the Eagles, they look like they, they're going to continue to build this roster through both free agency and the draft. Um, any of those signings excite you, Chris? All of them, man. Um, I mean, especially on defense. I mean, what can you really do what, with Michael Bennett and Haloti Nada? What are you going to do when Fletcher Cox is out there? Um, the key to that yeah, defensive line, man, is to, just the rotation. You know? You can flush guys in and out. You don't have to play 60, 70 snaps a game. You know, those guys can play 30, 40 snaps each. Um, and, you know, they plug the holes, each and every single one of them. Um, you seen what uh, BG yeah. did during the, during the uh, Super Bowl. Um, you know what Haloti Nana brings to the table. We already know what Fletcher Cox brings to the table. Uh, I mean, unsung hero, Bennett, or Barnett, excuse me. That kid was a stud last season as a rookie, you know. Um yeah, that was uh, Fernando's breakout player of the year for this coming mm-hmm. season. So, just I mean, the only thing I really think is you know linebacker. As, as long as uh, Jordan Hicks can stay healthy, him and Bradham can definitely uh, run with any of those guys on the offensive side of the ball. When it comes to the other teams, man, uh, good open field tacklers uh, can read the offense, know what they're going to do, and good communication skills. So, uh, I think that's it. I mean, Michael Bennett's definitely big. I mean. That guy's a monster. He's been a monster since he got into the league. Um, I mean, I would say a big loss for us is definitely LeGarrette Blunt. I think he was a real unsung hero last year, man, um, bringing that team uh, leadership to the team. 
especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, he only had 432 rushing yards, but sometimes it's not all about the stats. It's what you bring to the field, and uh, he's going to be a big miss. But, uh, you know, we've got Corey Clement that's going to be a stud. We've seen that last year. Um, you know, Sproles is coming back. Hopefully he's 100%. Yeah, and, uh, we Jay were going to be Jai solid. Jay so, um, maybe. So, yeah, the, with the Jordan Hicks thing that you mentioned, um, just looking over a few things, um, he's missed 42 games in his six seasons. Um, Fernando, we know very well about Achilles tears, and with Navarro Bowman, uh, do you think Hicks comes back from that uh, and performs at, at a normal pace, or is it going to take a two-year process like it did Navarro Bowman? Yeah, you know, that's tough. I, I think that it's definitely one of those things. And granted, you know, you can have a, a freak of nature, but that's a serious injury. It's not not like maybe what an ACL was a few years ago where it was a devastating injury, but now guys are flying back quicker and quicker from ACLs. Like an Achilles tear, that's, that's a tough one. And hopefully, you know, you can come back stay healthy and slowly throughout the course of the season, really get your legs underneath you from an explosion standpoint. Um, but I do think that next year, if you can get through this year and go through the, you know, the beginning portion of the year and, and really breaking everything back in that next year, I think is where you can get back to a hundred percent. But if you can stay healthy and still be, um, you know, an explosive type player, adjust a little bit. Um, I think yeah, he'll be fine. Should be definitely should be uh, he should be okay. Um, you know, again with him and Wentz, let them take their time coming back. There's no rush because they do have some depth there. Um, just looking over their linebacking core. And what Hicks yeah. is 25, right? I mean, he's he's a young guy yet. I mean, if there's someone that's going to do it at the linebacker position, that. You know, 25 year old. I, I'm I'm going to take my chance that he's going to be able to get back 100. percent I think Bowman was a different case at the timing of everything, um, and then coming off of you know a, a horrific knee injury. It was just kind of a lot going on with his lower body. Um, so as long as Jordan Hicks is 100 uh, percent and he can get back out there and stay healthy this year, I think he'll, he'll yeah ease his for way sure into for it. sure. Um, so. You know, Trey Burton being gone, and then, you know, you still have um, Zach Ertz. Chris, any uh, any idea how Dallas Goder or Go, Go Dirt is uh, performing in mini camps, OTAs, things like that? Have you heard anything? I've been reading that uh, he might be the next secret weapon. Um, just by reading some articles and, uh, you know, keeping up on him, they're saying he's performing well um, for being a rookie. I mean, that kid's going to be – some kind of talent uh, when it's his turn to rise. Um, but, you know, he's going to be, you know, blocking tight end. It all depends on that offense and how they're going to produce with him. Um, but, I mean, you can line him up just like you lined up Selleck or Trey Burton out there. So um, I think he's going to be a stud. Um, I mean, the kid had 72 receptions in, in 2017 with 1,111 yards uh, receiving with seven touchdowns. So the kid had a pretty good career down in uh, South Dakota. Um, or up in South Dakota, I should say. Um, definitely produce some numbers. Uh, he's going to be a good uh, good piece for our team, especially when we get into that red zone because we know we're, uh, we we do well in the red zone. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so Zach Ertz, Dallas, and then um, 
a guy that I liked a lot. Me and Fernando, we talked about it. So, Fern, how did you feel about that Josh Sweat pickup in the, in the draft this year? I know we talked about it for the Niners, and then you know Eagles go snag him when I thought we were going to grab him um, at that at that pick. Yeah, you know, I I, I think we both you know we we both had done so many mock draft picks and uh, you know looked at all these different uh, players that we thought could get after um, the quarterback. And we had constantly, we were just looking because that was kind of an issue for us. I, I, I like the kid a lot uh, as a, an edge guy. I think he's, you know, stupid explosive. And it's scary to think that they have a guy like that on an already impressive front that they already have. So it's uh, the rich get richer type of thing. I think it's it's a great pickup for them and who knows what happens uh, with that front and, and who ends up being there in the long haul. I just know right now they have uh, a luxury in, in that front and, you know, if he doesn't pan out, no big deal. But at the same time, um, what a, what a great, I, I, I think he's uh, a, a definitely an athletic specimen. Yeah. He's going to be solid. Um, so the Eagles, they, they essentially get another draft pick. Um, because Sidney Jones didn't play any last year, which was one of my favorite corners coming into the draft of 2017. And now he's healthy. Um, you know, he's coming off an Achilles injury as well, but he's also very young. Um, he's essentially going to be the replacement to Patrick Robinson from the way I look at the depth chart. Uh, Chris, any uh, any idea on how Sidney Jones is coming along in OTA? Any personal opinion on how he's going to fit in the system scheme-wise? I mean, um, he's gonna be he's gonna be a stud. Also, I think as far as how we're built, I mean, uh, Mike Schwartz' defense is built for everybody to pretty much succeed. Um, he's gonna be good. I don't know how many snaps he's gonna get coming off that Achilles. Uh, it seems like he's performing well in the little OTA they just had, um, but the big test is gonna come uh, in the next coming weeks when uh, you know the off season officially starts and we start getting the full contact and. Uh, you know, preseason comes around. Yeah. So I know he's good on the press. I mean, we did draft, uh, you know, Avante Maddox, um, you know, but he's going to be – who knows what he's going to be. Uh, he's a short cornerback, has good speed, good on the press, but um, is he going to be ready for the league? Uh, you know, we'll see how that goes about. Yeah. Uh, Avante Maddox was another guy that I looked at in the – you know, in a lot of mock drafts. Um, I saw him as a slot corner, so that's essentially where Sidney Jones would play. So you have some depth there at the slot position. Uh, University of Washington had some really good corners come out, Kevin King and Sidney Jones last season. Um, I know me and Fern were talking even last year. We're like, man, we need to at least get one of these guys because we had no depth at the uh, corner position. Uh, any opinion on, on Sidney, Fernando? Oh, man, I, I – I coveted Sydney I, from just uh, the film and, and what the potential is for Sydney Jones. I think uh, I was a fan at six feet tall, uh, can kind of do it all. I, I Washington, you know, their corners recently, like you said, has uh, impressed me for the most part. So hopefully, you know, he's coming back and he's 100% or he will get to 100% because of. Uh, a 22-year-old Sidney Jones, if he's healthy, man, again, it's all about being in positions to take chances on certain guys. 
and adding to to depth and to be able to go ahead and, and go after a kid like that is big time. Yeah, for sure. Sydney Sydney's gonna be. I, I think Sydney's gonna be great in the, at the next level in Philly, especially with uh, Schwartz running the show there. Um, I know I've had my thoughts on the Eagles coaching staff. They did have some really big losses that I, I feel are, are big. Um, DeFilippo and Frank Reich, quarterback coach and OC, you know, I, I understand that Doug Peterson was the play caller um, and so on and so forth. But history tells us, you know, you lose your OC, you lose your quarterback coach, things tend to regress or not or not as um, comfortable for the quarterback Uh Chris, any thoughts on that with, you know, the changes in the coaching staff? No, uh, I think they're going to be perfect, perfectly fine. I mean, only thing that changes is the voice. Um, okay. You know, the person who's talking. Um, I mean, Doug has this thing looking like a well-oiled machine, how he got this thing looking like a well-oiled machine. Um, <clears throat> it's really up to the players, man. We know that as fans and, you know, we play sports, so it's what they put out on the field. Um and I know for a fact nothing's going to change. You're probably going to see some different things uh, this year on the offensive side just to keep people off balance. We already know what the RPOs did. Um, but, you know, Doug's out there making the calls. Deuce has been there uh, for a very long time. He's now the assistant head coach, I believe. So, um, you know, those guys that they reassigned, I think they're going to be good uh, watching them in camp on some of these videos they have there. They have command of the team. Um, I don't think anything's going to change very well or anything's going to change to where, you know, we're going to take a, a dive uh, just because, you know, we lost Flip and we lost um, uh, Frank Reich. What's his name there? Frank. Um, I mean, those guys are good guys, you know, been there for two years. I mean, I mean, Flip put, you know, look what he did with Carson, you know. Yeah. He uh, he definitely, uh, how do you say uh, there, that uh, he made him look better than what he's at. At his age, what he should have been, uh, he definitely progressed past his years and will be in the second season. So he was an MVP candidate because of him and Doug, but it's a team effort, and you know um, they're going to be fine. We're going to go. We're going to have a nice run this year again, regardless of who's there, just because of the staff we have uh, and just people leading it. Gotcha, gotcha. So you know, me and Fern, we're Niner fans, so we had to deal with a lot of. Um, QB offensive coordinator changes. Any thoughts on that, Fernando, with Frank Reich and uh, um, DeFilippo not there anymore? You know, I think to to say that it it's not going to affect the team at all. I think that's uh, you'd hope as a, an Eagles fan, as the organization in general. But I do think, despite um, despite Doug Peterson's, you know. Um, play calling and whatnot uh, for the Eagles. I, I do think it's going to affect them a bit, but at the same time, I, I don't think it's going to be that much of a, I think they have a system in place uh, at this point, And I think they have a way that they want to attack defenses uh, offensively. And I think by keeping it in house, um, you know, with the, the new additions, I, I don't think they're really going to skip too much. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be much of an issue, but, you know, I do think it'll take some some getting used to um, just the presence in the locker room and things of that nature that, uh, you know, these offensive coordinators and, and coaches in general need to be able to bring to the table. So I think it was a good in their 
uh, from an organizational standpoint to, to keep those, you know, promotions in house. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, last couple of things, last thing I want to touch on with the Eagles, you know, I'm excited for their season. Uh, as everyone knows, I'm not an Eagle fan, but I am a Niner fan, but I, we grew up in Pennsylvania. So I, I do watch, uh, closely just going over the schedule. You know, they, it's, I feel it's a lot tougher than some fans are giving it, giving it credit for, you know, you have a stretch here where week four, you're playing the Titans week five, you're playing the Vikings and the giants, Carolina and Jacksonville. So from week four through week eight, that's one, two, three, four. That's five games that can go either way, you know, and I'm not here. I'm not here to, you know, say anything bad about the Eagles, but those teams have improved. Um, So any thoughts on the season, Chris, prediction, uh, record, uh, win losses, you know, games that are going to be tighter than you you thought they would be. Um, Because that stretch right there between week four, week eight is, is real tough. And then week 15 and week 16, um, if Deshaun Watson is back, you know, that's a big game in Houston. And then in week 15, you're back in L.A. where Carson got hurt last time. So any thoughts on the record? 16-0, and 0, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I think a good shot at going probably running the same 13-3 uh, and three here. Um, I think we'll take the Falcons at home. We don't know. I mean, they seem like they're in turmoil um, with no Julio not being there. They don't seem like they're uh, as well put together as they uh, used to be. For some reason, Julio's holding out. We don't know how uh, the offensive coordinator is going to be. We all seen what happened at that game uh, last Yeah, probably season. the worst play call I've um, ever seen. It was terrible. Yeah, I mean, and the whole defense knew it. <clears throat> My son uh, knew what play was coming. Um <laughs> No, but all honesty, man, it depends. Um, I mean, if we're healthy, we could we may be able to run the table and go sixteen and zero. But in reality, uh, you never know what kind of Bucks team you're going to get. They did get Vinnie Curry, they did get Bo Allen, and they got a lot of our guys who can, uh, you know, drop some lines on how we run our offense, such and such. But uh, um, the Colts, I mean, we all know that's going to be a. I'm going to say it's a cakewalk just because we don't know. I mean. We don't know if Andrew Luck's going to be ready for the season. If Andrew Luck comes back and he's ready to go, then we could be talking about maybe a loss. That guy's going to be ready to go uh, if he is ready to go. Yeah, definitely. He's been sitting out long enough. He's healthy. Um, But we don't know that yet. We haven't known what in the last year and a half, too. Uh, Titans, it all depends on what kind of Mariota you're going to see. He's hot and cold. Yeah, the the reason I I, um – mentioned the Titans. Um, me and Fernando had a discussion uh, a couple weeks ago about their offensive coordinator. This offensive coordinator comes from that uh, Kyle Shanahan tree. You know, he worked under Shanahan in Washington in Atlanta. Then he worked as uh, McVay's assistant or offensive coordinator in L.A. So the offense could be a little bit more dynamic in Tennessee. I know me and Fernando talked about that. So Mariota could be, you know, Mariota could take that step kind of like Goff did you know, and be a little bit more dynamic as far as throwing the ball down the field and making, you know, against the Eagles who have a very aggressive defense could, you know, potentially bait them into, you know, a lot of play action plays where they, you know, fall for it. And that can cause a lot of headaches. That's, that's part that was, I had that marked as a loss because of, um, because of that offensive coordinator and the way they run their plays. So, you know, that, that could be, it could go either way, but I, I had that one as a, as a loss. I had you guys three and one at that point. So that would be the first loss on the list. That's that's how I had it. Fern, any thoughts on that with the Titans? 
Look, I think I think the Titans are going to be an interesting team this year, and I think that they can. I think they're in a position where they could really turn the page and get to that next level. Um, so I don't think they're a team that y- you can sleep on by any means, even with their struggles, especially offensively. Um, the past few years with an offensive line like that, and maybe with uh, some, you know, some uh, whether it be additions and or. Uh, from a coaching standpoint, some philosophies that are going to be brought in, I think Tennessee could be a really interesting team. And just in general, Philadelphia's schedule is a uh, man. That's a, that's a that's a gaunt, that's a tough ass schedule. Like when I start looking through it, and you look at all these potential, you know, what could be a coin toss type of game. They have a lot of games that could be, you know, that that coin toss type of thing. The only the only thing I think they have going for them is I think. They are the best team in the NFC East, uh, even though that's one of those things where you can't really take anything for granted in the NFC East, regardless of record. But um, they, they play a lot of tough opponents, whether it's Tennessee or New Orleans and the, the Rams and the Texans, um, the Steelers or the, the Steelers is preseason. So that's not going to count. But still, you know, throughout it. That it's it's a t- it's going to be a tough year, but uh, I, I do still think that they will, uh, you know, rise above all that and and make big moves moving forward in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure, for sure. To big to piggy off piggyback off that. So, um, yeah, three and one at that point. And then Chris, you know, <clears throat> you got the Vikings um, in Philly, new new quarterback. Um, and then you got to go to the Giants, and if they're healthy, that could be a dynamic offense. Carolina. We know how the I mean, moves I, are. I, I tell you, the biggest, the biggest, the probably the biggest, or the hardest part of the schedule could probably be that Panthers, Jags, Saints uh, go around. You just there. skipped over Dallas. I saw that. You just skipped over Dallas. Oh, I'm not worried about Dallas. Um, but uh, Panthers, you never know what kind of cam you're gonna get, uh, gonna get out there. But if he's on, then we're gonna be in a competitive game like we were last year. Um, Jags. And we know we can stop them on offense, uh, but they do have a nice running back down there. Um, so if we can stop the run game like we did last year, we can seal that game up. Uh, probably going to be a tough defensive game if that Jaguars defense is what it is uh, from last year. Saints, we all know what Drew Brees brings to the table. Uh, that's a 50-50, man. I'll be okay if we lose that game. Um, just because, I mean, it's Drew Brees. We know the kind of talent he has on offense and what he could do with that rock. Uh, Giants, man, any kind of division game, I'm down. We're going to go. You know we're gonna eat up the NFC East for sure. Probably go uh, what do you say four and two okay. if that. Um, Alex Smith, I think he has the NFC East number. I would say in his career, um, I'm not 100 percent certain on that, but um, he is going to a less talented team in my opinion. Um, so I'm not 100 percent certain on what he's actually going to bring to that team. I don't like uh, Jay Gruden as a head coach. I think he's terrible. I don't think he has any command of his team. I think he's more like a Marvin Lewis in, in uh, Cincinnati. Um, he don't produce for him. Uh, there's no way that team should not been in the playoffs with a guy like Kirk Cousins who can throw the rock. Um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, Cowboys. Sweep. We going we to we eat them up. Deke's going to be eating them bowls of elves. And uh, I think Dak's going to digress even more. Uh, I think Jason Garrett got to go. Um, but that's my opinion again. And uh, I hope uh, Carson Wentz is ready to go because I know he's going to have a redemption game in, in L.A. when we get there. 
And uh, I want to see them go head-to-head, man. These are, uh, you know, Wentz and Deshaun Watson, probably the, the future of the NFL as far as the QB position goes. So I want to word, see that. Word, word. So uh, sounds like you're pretty confident this season. Um, so, Fern, yeah, we were, you know, with that last part of the schedule, you know, you, you got Saints, Giants, Skins, Dallas, Rams, Houston, Washington. Um, where do you think the Eagles end up? I feel they're going to be 11-5. I think they go 4-2 and two in the division. Um and you know they'll get some losses that they're going to be the you know those coin toss games mm-hmm. the Titans, Jags, <laughs> or thirteen and three like he just said. But you know where do you think they're going to fall in that in that win record win loss record? Look, I appreciate Chris's uh, enthusiasm at thirteen and three. That would be, I think that would be amazing if they finished thirteen and three. I, I definitely think around five losses, maybe six losses. Um, although I do think they'll take care of business within the division for the most part. They'll get the job done to, I think, be the the class of the NSC East. But mm-hmm. they, they've got tough they've got a tough schedule. I mean, even that Jacksonville Jaguar game in England and London, you know, at Wembley, that's uh, that's whew, that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be something to see. And I definitely can see five losses maybe six losses when it's all said and done as they move forward. But that's still a team that it's just a matter of getting, you know, the best seed you can get come playoff time. And, and once they get there, that's going to be a team. No one's going to want to play. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, And then just the last thing I want to touch on before we get Chris out, you know, get Chris uh, out of here. You know, he's got kids to take care of Um, the uh, Michael Kendricks release. How did you feel about that? Chris, is that a, that uh, something hit home or just uh, ah well? I mean, I would have loved to see him stay, but it seems like every year it's the same uh, topic of conversation with him. Um, is he going to leave or is he going to get traded, is he going to get cut? Uh, they seem to always try to make it work with him. I don't know what's going on uh, or what was going on in the, in the locker room with him or if there was anything or uh, anything like that that would affect him not being there. I know he was making a lot of money. Um and, I mean, you know, production-wise, I, I like the guy. And he comes out there and plays with intensity, and he's a good good guy. He's like a Jim Tomey uh, from the Phillies. <laughs> I, I want to compare him to, you know. He came in, he did the job, got the job done when his number was called. Um, you never really hear too much about him, but, uh, you know, the kid, the guy can play some football. But maybe it's good for him. Let him go get a breath of fresh air elsewhere. And uh, hopefully yeah, he does well. Where for sure. Is. I know me and Fern, when he was released, we wanted him. We were like, hey, Kyle, John, go and call Mike Kendricks. We can use an extra linebacker. Um, so, yeah. I mean, love me some yeah, I mean, he's in Cleveland now. So. I love me some Michael yeah. Kendricks. I mean, he can cover. He can cover it out of the backfield. He can, you know, chip a receiver. He can make the open field tackle. He can do it all. Um, it's just consistency. And he's, a, he's pretty healthy for the most part. You know, the guy's been on the yeah. field. So uh, definitely, definitely, word up, word up. Well, Chris, so it sounds like the Eagles are going to go sixteen and zero. They're going to go to the Super Bowl again. They're going to win. They're going to repeat. Um, <laughs> so shout out to all our Eagles fans out there. Um, I do want to thank Chris for coming on with us, hanging out for a little while. Uh, we're going to break down the rest of the NFC East here in a little bit. Um, Chris, where, they, where can they find you at, man? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. What do you got? I got everything. Um, Facebook, Twitter. I'm more on the Twitter thing now. I'm getting on <laughs> uh, my old age. Um, um, but I'm all over, man. It's just, it's just uh, my name. Um, 
Instagram, uh, Twitter's all the same thing. So you can meet me on there. I talk some stuff here and there. I'm not too much for the hype, as you know, but I definitely, do talk definitely. my stuff when I need well, to. Well, me and Fern would like like to thank you for coming on. We appreciate your time, um, and uh, we'll definitely get you back here for the beginning of the season, or even you know if the Eagles make it back to the Super Bowl or something, we'll get you back on. And um, uh, we'll be there again for the Super Bowl when the Eagles go. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Get that steak. Get that grill ready. Put them steaks on there, baby. We rolling. All right. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> We're going to dig into the rest of the uh, NFC East here uh, in just a second. So thanks again to Chris. We Chris. appreciate him. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll, we'll hit you up on the next one. But we're going to dig in here on the uh, rest of the NFC East. So Chris brought up a good point about Alex Smith. Um, you know, he said he doesn't know how he's going to feel. So I want to – how do you feel about those Redskins, Fern? Look, I mean, Alex Smith – I feel bad for the guy. I'm a big Alex Smith fan, and, you know, he definitely has his moments in Niner lore, and, uh, you know, he did some some great things for the San Francisco 49ers and helping us get back on track. Um, I think he, in Washington, I think he'll he'll be very much appreciated for the things that he's going to do really well. Um, I think from a wide receiver standpoint, I mean, he's not going to be playing – with the caliber of wide receiver maybe he's used to in Kansas City or what he's had in the past. But uh, from the running back and the tight end position, you know, the, the familiarity with Vernon Davis and the potential of a healthy Jordan Reed, uh, all of those things would lend towards Alex Smith, I think, playing really, really well. And he's been in the playoffs six of the last seven years. Really the only thing – Alex Smith hasn't been able to do is get those big playoff wins for the Chiefs, which caused them to decide to to go a different route this year. So, you know, it's his job's not going to get any easier now being in the NFC East. But uh, I think I think he'll definitely win some fans over pretty quickly in Washington. Yeah, Alex should be he should be solid. You know, I I had my thoughts on it. When they initially traded for him, is he is he an upgrade over Kirk Cousins? I don't. You can't. I can't definitively say that. Um, but he does have playoff wins under his belt. He has the leadership mentality. Um, and if the Redskins do decide to, you know, draft a future quarterback, he could be a mentor. You know, he was a mentor to Cap. He was a mentor to Mahomes. So as far as the locker room goes and everything else, he would definitely be uh, a smart addition. Um, he's consistent. He doesn't turn the ball over. Um, he, he, he's had a very good run of coaches, too. I don't know if anyone really sits back and look at it. You know, the last six to seven years, he's had Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid, and now Jake Gruden. I know Chris had mentioned he didn't like Jake Gruden. I'm actually a fan of Jake Gruden. I think Jake Gruden's a good coach. He may not have his locker room intact, but as far as from X's and O's go, he, he's an offensive you know mastermind. He knows how to use his players and get them in, you know, in, in – um, advantageous, advantageous uh, positions uh, in the offense. So I'm I'm okay with it. I think Jay Gruden's better than John Gruden mm-hmm. at this point in their career. You know, John's been out ten years, so they're always going to hype him up. But I think Jay is better um, than than John at this point in their in their career. You know what though? It, there's I think Alex is going to do what Alex has always done, and you know I think from a coaching standpoint, I, I think they have some good pieces. I just think that because of the division they're in 
and some of the teams that they're playing this year, I, I don't think it's going to be a very good year for the Washington Redskins. I, I'm looking no. at their schedule. Um, you know, do I think they could beat Arizona? Sure. Do I think they could beat Indianapolis? Sure. That's the first two weeks. Then they go and play Green Bay. I think that's a loss. Then they play the Saints. I think that's a loss. Then they play the Panthers. I think that's a loss. Then they play the Cowboys. I think that's a loss, even though that's at FedEx Field. The Giants. I think the Giants are going to, out of all the teams in the NFC East, I think they're going to want that. They're going to be the one that has the biggest bounce back because on the defensive side of the ball, they are. Last year was, I think, an outlier because of how bad they were offensively. Um, I think their defense is much better than what the, maybe they, they've given or what they've gotten credit for this past year. Yeah. So I think they make a big bounce back this year. So I think that that could be a loss. And they play, you know, at the Atlanta Falcons. I think Atlanta's really good. I, I think that that could be a loss as well. Then you got Tampa. Okay, I'll give them a win. Then they play the Texans week 11. By then, Deshaun Watson's probably balling. I think that's a loss. The Cowboys again, then Philly, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Titans, Philly again. I, I think there's a lot of losses that Alex Smith isn't going to be able to put them on his back and and take them to victory. Um, and some of the, I, I just think they'll be outgunned in some of these games. Yeah, no, I I I I, uh, I agree with your thought process there. I, I'm I'm not as down on them as as uh, as it sounds. Um, I, I, I think they have a very good offensive line. Their center play is good. Their left tackle, Trent Williams, and their right tackle, uh, Morgan Moses, solid players. So their offensive line can provide protection. Um, their the biggest their strength on offense is going to be that running back position. Yeah. Guys, Thompson, P. Ryan, you got power and finesse backs all over the place there. But then, then you look outside, their wide receiver group is underwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Josh Stock. Yeah, Gus Doxson, uh, Jameson Crowder, Paul Richardson from Seattle, who can't stay healthy, who hasn't stayed healthy. Um, it's uh, the the wide receiver core is a little bit underwhelming, and then like you had mentioned earlier, the Vernon Davis thing. If if those two can get back on their or very close to that 2011 2012 um, type of rapport and um, feel for each other on the offense, that could be a little dangerous duo there. For all our fantasy guys, you know, we want to pick up Vernon Davis as a late <laughs> draft pick. Um, and Jordan Reed, like you said, he can't stay healthy. He hasn't been on the field very much. So I, I think their strength is going to be at the O-line and the D-line. They they, they, had, they drafted Jonathan Allen last year from Alabama, and then they drafted Deron Payne, from another defensive tackle from Alabama. And our buddy Jim Tom Sula has been known to be a very good defensive line coach. So their defensive line should be solid. And then, you know, my biggest concern with them on defense is a safety spot. Outside of DJ Swearinger, they don't have anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Sula Cravens got traded to the Broncos. And outside of that, there's not much not much there. The corners are good. They have some depth there. Um, it, it's just I, I have them at worst 5-11, and 11, at best 9-7. and seven. That's kind of where I have them. I think, I think seven losses – yeah, I, I I definitely have them in that eight or nine loss, um, maybe ten loss range. But you know they they have again they have pieces. I think it's a matter of the system fit, how everything is going to play out. I'm a big I, I like Trey Quinn, their rookie wide receiver from SMU. 
Yeah. Um, you know, the tape's nice. I think system-wise, you know, could be that type of like a plug-and-play guy who who could really surprise people. But at the end of the day, I just think when your defense is going up against Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar and Odell Beckham, um, you know, I, I just think that's going to be a lot for them to kind of handle. And I just don't think offensively with the defensives that are in that division um, that they're going to put fear in anybody. I, I just don't think I, – I think you can really plan to try and take the run away. Um, I think the biggest asset that they're going to have is if Jordan Reed could be healthy and you could put both of those tight ends on the field, I think they could cause a lot of problems, especially with the running backs that they do have. I think they could really, really, you know, cause middle linebackers some fits. But at the end of the day, I just, I don't think they're ready yet unless all of a sudden Josh Doxson decides to uh, catch a ball, to go, to go ape shit and be the guy that I thought he might be going into the league. Yeah, no, yeah. Doxson, um, he came on a little bit last year um, with Kirk. And, you know, he saw flashes of what they, what they wanted out of him in the draft. So he can definitely be a guy that, that could, you know, take the top off. Um, and Paul Richardson got some speed. So, I mean, it's there. Now it's up to the coaching staff and, you know, Alex Smith to get it done on offense. Defense, like you said, the corner, you know, outside of Josh Norman, the corners, they, they got to deal with, you know, Aguilar, Jeffries, um, Mike Wallace is in the NFC East now. And then, you know, you have, of course, Odell, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram in, in New York. And then the Cowboys, who knows what they're doing at wide receiver. But the fact is you need cornerback play to help on their defense with your defense as a whole because football is the most complimentary sport out there. So you need you need all levels of play um, working together and, and playing well. Agreed, agreed. I, I think uh... – I think the Redskins are, have some of the right pieces. I just think they're a few years away from maybe being where they want to be. Um, the Cowboys, uh, you know, I, I think the Cowboys, I, I, to be honest with you, I think it'll be Eagles, Giants. Cow- I, I think the Giants are going to surprise people, even though they, I don't think they really should be surprising people uh, from the talent they have and the money they've spent. But I think this year is the year of Dak Prescott. We're going to see what this dude's all about. And I I think it's going to either be, could be ugly or he could step up and be the, the leader that uh, the Cowboys are hoping is. Yeah. So, so yeah, with that, that'll lead us into the Cowboys. Um, Last year, nine and seven. um, The biggest loss that they had last year was Zeke being suspended for six games. If Mm -hmm. if Zeke's not suspended for six games, we may be talking about a 12 and four, 11 and five team. Cause he makes that much of a difference to that offense. Uh, Phenomenal. Now <clears throat> losses of Des Bryant, Orlando Skandrick, Anthony Hitchens. Um, I don't think any of those are going to be humongous losses except for Des Bryant. Um, just because that wide receiver core, like we just mentioned, isn't um, it is, to me, it's not scaring anybody. And I, no, no. and I don't, I don't have that much trust in the offensive coordinator, for the Dallas Cowboys to be creative with what they do have. And Alan Hearns, now they added Tavon Austin via that trade. Um, I do like the draft pick of Michael Gallup from Colorado State. So you have a whole bunch of smaller, shiftier guys. But if Tavon Austin and some of these smaller guys didn't work in other offenses, 
what gives me confidence that Linehan's going to get the most out of them with his boring offense as it is now? Uh, you shouldn't have any confidence that that's going to all of a sudden pan out. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I look at their depth chart and I look at what they have from the wide receiver position. I think what hurts them more than anything is Jason Witten not being there. I, I, I and that, and, and he was, he's old, you know, like it was not saying it was time, but I mean, it was amazing the production that you were getting from him out of the tight end position for as long as he was giving it to you. But I think that's where everything is going to fall back on, on Dak Prescott's shoulders and what can he do? Who can he find? Because you know what? Whether Des Bryant was catching a lot of balls or not, he made those other wide receivers' uh, jobs a little easier just by him being on the field. And now there's nobody. And you're, you've got to have your fingers crossed that Hearns is, is playing at a, at, at a, a Pro Bowl level for you you gotta hope that that's the case and you know outside of that i just you know i don't think there's a lot of guys that just scare you but look if if hearns is balling and you throw cole beasley in there and you know and and you've got guys that are going to be able to to catch the ball and you know break some tackles and maybe take it you know the distance here and there but i just think in terms of um talent just pure talent at that position you know they probably fall into third in my eyes in the nfc east in terms of wider center yeah. core you know i think the eagles and then you you got the giants um and then then dallas kind of falls in there i think at three yeah if if the cowboys get the out hearns from 2015 um then they're on to something because 2015 he had 64 catches 1031 exactly. yards and 10 touchdowns from blake bortles and we all know dak prescott's better than blake bortles um so you know the the, the mm-hmm. potential is there it's just a matter of trusting the offensive corner like i said i don't i don't trust it i don't I don't believe in him. Um, and then, of course, Jason Garrett, I thought he should have been fired two years ago. You know, it's it's time. You know, it, it's I, – I get it, Jerry. You, you have loyalty <laughs> to, your, to your coaches and things like that. But at the same time, this is supposed to be, quote-unquote, America's team. We can go into a long debate about how that's not true. Um, but the team is, you know, consistently going 8-8, eight 8-8, and 8-8. Eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. You know they're they're five hundred almost five hundred in the last twenty five years. It's time for this team to get back to the glory days and possibly win a Super Bowl or even just make an NFC t- NFC Championship game. They haven't been in an NFC, NFC Championship game in years. Yeah, you know I think when you when you talk about franchises like the Cowboys, you start to think of franchises like and, and it may be synonymous. You know in terms of you know that's kind of a, a a gold standards in terms of an organization like a, a Yankees where you expect certain things and granted it's been years since the Cowboys have been been a Super Bowl or winner contender. it's been a long long time but you are contender yeah for that matter I mean they've had they've had great seasons where you thought that they could make a run but uh, you know Tony Romo and those boys couldn't get it done and, uh, you know, now they are where they are currently. They have a, a game changer at the wide receiver position. And like you said, Alan Hearns, that's the question mark. If he if he plays the way he's capable of playing at 6'3", you know, 200 pounds, he's only 26 years of age. So he, he can give you some. He's got – you would think he'd have a, a lot left in the tank and maybe the change of scenery is going to do really well by him. 
then you could talk about them being dangerous with especially a running back like Zeke, as long as he can get, uh, you know, get his act together, stay out of trouble and stay healthy. But the the reality is there's no shame in saying, look, you're not getting the job done. We expect to be a contender, a Super Bowl contender. You haven't gotten us there, Garrett. So you know what? We're going to go our separate ways. Look at Joe Girardi with the – if he wasn't winning a yeah. championship, he was on the hot seat. You know, there you, you heard it for a year. And then, and then despite having, you know, an, an excellent, surprising maybe year or two ahead of schedule type of postseason run. Yep. You know, he's gone. See you later. And I think that's what the big organizations, it's, look, we're we're trying to win a championship. Have we given Jason Garrett the pieces to, to get that job done? You know, I don't know. I know they regular season had some teams that looked like they could do it, but come, come playoff time, they just, they, they, they weren't there and they weren't where they needed to be. I like... What Dallas has, it, you know, the linebacking position. I, I like some of the pieces I see there. But, um, you know, I also think they're in this kind of transition period, whether they want to believe it or not, um, where despite plugging in some decent players, I, th- I think uh, they have some work to do. Yeah. So I went to the draft, uh, as you know, this year, I went up to Dallas and watched it. That's right. So That's right. with the first pick in the draft. Oh, my boy, my boy. <laughs> they had Leighton Vander Esch picked, and I promise you that place was upset. I don't even know who that is. I didn't know who it was when they drafted. Him. I'm not going to lie to you. Lane Vanderesh was a linebacker from Boise State. I didn't. Boise. I didn't. I know now. Yeah, but not then. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like to pick because I I really thought they were going to go take a receiver. Um, DJ Moore was the guy I thought they would go get. Um, he ends up going to Carolina. If it wasn't going to be DJ Moore, um, it was going to be the safety from Florida State because they need a safety, and mm-hmm. they go ahead and take Lane Vanderesh and. The, the place, like, you could hear a pin drop how silent it got because it was primarily Dallas Cowboy fans there. So with the draft class, just leading into that, you know, they, they outside of Leighton Vanderess, they drafted pretty damn well. Connor Williams is a hometown kid. You know, he, he played at UT. Uh, he could play yeah. offensive tackle, offensive guard. So, you know, getting back to the number one offensive line, which I heard all through Facebook and Twitter, you know, last couple of years that they're the number one offensive line, which is false because the Eagles were number one last year. Um but adding Connor Williams adds depth now. Now you have Leo Collins who can move back to his original position of tack of guard, or you can keep him at tackle and put Connor Williams at guard. Now you have some versatility there. Okay, Tyron Smith, if he gets injured again, you have Connor Williams who can play the left tackle spot or right tackle spot if you need to make some switches. So they have some depth there. And then Michael Gallup was the receiver that I liked. He he killed it at the Senior Bowl and was projected to be in that third third to fourth round choice. And then a guy not too many people really know about, Dorrance Armstrong, kid from Kansas. Um, he's the guy that got into it with uh, Baker Mayfield during that game, you know, where Baker Mayfield grabbed his uh, junk and pointed at him. So <laughs> uh, they have they, – the Dallas Cowboys, as much as I hate, I hate to say it, they have a very talented roster, um, and I'm just not big on Jason Garrett. I've been pitching this idea to a whole bunch of Cowboy fans. If – the Cowboys don't make the playoffs, and the Baltimore Ravens don't make the playoffs. Both John Harbaugh and Jason Garrett will be fired. However, John Harbaugh should be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That has been my pitch for the last year and a half. If the Ravens 
don't make the playoffs this year and John Harbaugh is on the hot seat, the Dallas Cowboys should make the first phone call and last phone call they need to make and hire John Harbaugh. That would be a pretty awesome pickup for the Cowboys. I think that would, uh, I think that would give them a name that uh, they'd feel comfortable with moving forward. And I, I like Harbaugh a lot. So, you know, I, I agree. They, they've got a lot of talent. They have drafted well. They've invested in that offensive line. That's going to be a rock of theirs for years to come. They have a game changer, a, a generational talent in Zeke. Um, you know, it is uh, it is to be seen, but I think it's going to come down to that quarterback, man. Is Dak that guy? Is Dak that guy now? Now that you've seen the change has happened, some players have left, Winton's gone, Dez is gone. Can he, from start to finish, lead this offense and take him down the field and get him in the end zone. And that is what I will be watching very closely. Yeah, so I I actually have them pretty much matching the record from last year, um, being a nine and seven, ten and six, at worst, seven and nine team. I don't I don't they have too much talent to lose double digit games. Um, so that's kind of where I have them. I have them in that eight and eight to ten and six range. I don't think they're better than Philly. I don't think they're better than the Giants per se and I do think they're better than the uh, Redskins so you know as it sits right now I, from I think we're both agreeing here Eagles Giants Cowboys and then the Redskins would be the division how they would how it would lay out right I think so okay. and how many losses did you say you think you, you could see uh, at most nine I don't I don't see them losing 10 10 games here it doesn't it doesn't even look realistic because no. the talent is too much they have too much talent and um, I'm a big Dak guy I like Dak I'm a Zeke guy because I'm a big 10 guy so you know I, I, I enjoy watching them and then of course for fantasy football so, uh, purposes Zeke will be on my keeper league so I will keep him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking seven eight. Right. Anyway, yeah, about seven to nine. But that ninth one being maybe like a coin toss here and there. But I think uh, I think they'll be okay. I, I, I'm just not sure. I, I think they fall in line at that third best team in the NFC yeah. East. That's me hoping that the Giants. And not like I care one way or another, but that's me just thinking that. Um, Eli Manning, this 37-year-old, brings it a little bit, uh, a little bit more this year, and and everyone stays healthy on the offensive side and with the additions. That yeah, we've had. for sure, for sure. So yeah, I mean that'll lead us right into the Giants. So Giants, they have a new head coach, Pat Shermer, former offensive coordinator of the Vikings. Um, he runs this power zone offense, and which would fit perfectly for. The addition of Jonathan Stewart and then both our boy Saquon Barkley, um, Saquon, <laughs> Saquon the God, you know Saquon. We should call him Saquon. Have you seen the guy's legs? That's right. Yeah, he's. Uh, that's what they were saying. What was that? Odell Beckham was trying to get yeah, him that Saquon. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a physical monster. He's a specimen, man. He they they got themselves something nice. I really thought that. They might consider going offensive line a little bit, but um, you can't pass up. You got to figure it out, and you can't pass up on a guy like that. So uh, I wasn't that surprised then once they actually made the announcement. But damn, you know now now they've got 
for the first time in a while, a little you know running back duo there with Jonathan Stewart and Saquon Barkley. They have a running back. They they drafted Will Hernandez um, from UTEP, yeah, I believe. I like so him a lot. They, they, yeah, yeah, they drafted him. They signed Nate Solder. So you know they they've invested a little bit in that offensive line with some of the losses that they had through free agency, but it's. It's put up or shut up time, Eli. And for all those Giants fans out there that will remember the two Super Bowls, let's not forget that for the most part, Eli Manning statistically just, you know, while he'll throw the ball and he airs it out a lot and he gets those yards, he is he is not an efficient quarterback no. to say the least and hasn't been for a while now. So is this just an outlier? Because last year you could throw a lot of excuses as to why he looked as bad as he looked. But I, I don't think you can – you can't point the finger anywhere else now. You know, you got some pieces offensively. You've got a running back now. You've got two running backs. The defense is going to, if you move the chains and you keep that defense off the field for as, you know, they, they were on the field quite a bit last season. You can give them a break here and there. That defense is going to be able to make some noise. So Eli's got talent all over yeah. the field. It's a matter of him getting the job done. So no more no more flipping excuses, Eli Manning. Put up or shut up. And if you don't get the job done, maybe you should really consider walking away and hanging him up a little early or going somewhere else because they passed up on quarterbacks to give Eli another little run here. Yeah. So Eli's got at best, two, three years left if he plays well. But, you know, with Eli's numbers, he's he's, he's a double-digit turnover guy always. He's, I think he's one of the few quarterbacks to ever have um, three 20-plus interception seasons. So to, to your point, yes, he's not very efficient at all. But he does, he does win you some games in the fourth quarter, and that's what he's getting paid for. You know, if they're down and you need to come back, Eli's one of the guys you'll, you'll go to. Um, I enjoyed their draft a lot, honestly, uh, from Saquon to Will Hernandez. And one of my favorite um, outside linebackers was Lorenzo Carter from Georgia. Um, and then, of course, they did yeah. they did sneaky, sneaky kind of draft the quarterback of the future uh, in Kyle Oletta. Um, a lot of people or a lot of uh, things that I've read basically compare him to Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't know that, you know, the verdict is still on Jimmy Garoppolo from, for, for a lot of people. But if Kyle Oletta could be the guy who could sit there, learn a year or two behind Eli Manning, learn the offense, and then once Eli retires, he's the next man up, cool. But they did also draft Davis Webb last year in the draft. And from everything that I've read or understand, Davis Webb has been been practicing very well, um, looks rather sharp. So they do have a good problem now. You know, you have Eli and you have two young guys chomping at the bit to, you know, to get to that that next spot. Um, And then to your point about offensive weapons, I mean, I'm going to give them the, the best wide receiver group in the NFC East. Odell Beckham is... Better than Alshon Jeffrey, he's better than Nelson Aguilar, he's better than anyone on the Redskins, and he's better than anybody on the Cowboys. And then, of course, Sterling Shepard would fall into, I believe he'd fall in that same category as an Alshon Jeffrey. So you have really a really good number one and number two. Um, Evan Ingram is technically the second best tight end in the NFC East, you know, outside of Zach Ertz. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you really break it down like that, um, they improve their O-line with Solder. And adding Will Hernandez, so they have some strength there. 
And then, you know, last year was an, I don't think last year was who they really were. They had a lot of coaching problems. And then all those injuries, man, those, those injuries killed them, especially, especially Odell. I don't know if you remember, but Odell's game against the Eagles where he caught those two late touchdowns. And then the Eagles won the game with that 61-yard uh, field goal. Yeah, but yeah. Odell could not be stopped. There's no one in the NFC East that can stop Odell. No one. He is uh... – he is so good. I, I I I can't even. I don't know if it's all this tin cup whiskey I've been drinking to even compliment any team in the NFC East right now. But for the most part, uh, Odell Beckham when healthy is unreal. I mean, virtually the only thing you can hope to do is get, is get in his head and make him an emotional freak. Because if you're playing man, if you're just playing football, he's beating you at some point. He's getting his throughout the course. Maybe it's not the first quarter or the second, but all he needs is a couple touches here and there and a little bit of space to make you pay. And Evan Ingram, you know, I'm expecting hopefully big things from him, uh, you know, moving forward in another year under his belt. The year's under his belt. Now he's coming in year two. I, I think uh, he'll be more dynamic. Man, I, they, they have they, – they're loaded. I, I don't know what else to say other than that quarterback position, man. They they they've done really well for themselves, um, but we'll see. We'll see what it all pans out to. I, I think that they have the makings of a really good football team that could beat anybody if they're playing the way that you would think that they could play with the talent that they have. They're in, they'll be in contention to keep themselves in ball games to beat almost anybody. So. It's a matter of Eli getting the job done these days. And the good thing for Eli, I will say, is, you know, he's got a ways to go yet to catch up to Brett Favre. And I don't think he'll be playing that long to catch up to Brett for total, uh, you know, most passes intercepted in a career. So, you know, I, I, I don't think he'll have that record, but he's climbing up. And if he has another 20 plus uh, interception year, He's going to go from 15 to close to the top 10 all times in interceptions. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's uh, – you see the good and the bad with him. I think what bothers most people with him is just his face. This, like, confused <laughs> – like, just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, like, not the face of someone that seems like he's got his shit together. Like, a confidence that's – he looks confused yeah. half the time. But – then you have the opposite. Then you have Odell Beckham, who looks like ultra confident, and he's ready to beat anybody, and he's just too emotional. So if they can get that offensive side of the ball taken care of, which I think they will, they're going to be a dangerous team. Yeah. The uh, you know the the only question marks I have with the um, with the Giants is cornerback and linebacker. Um, Corner, you know, Eli Apple, is he gonna is he gonna rebound after all the off season shit? And then Alec Ogletree, being a Niner fan, we've seen a lot of Alec Ogletree in a Rams uniform. And I never really thought he was that mm-hmm. good. Now he's gonna go to the NFC East, who has very good running backs. Eagles, Giants, I'm sorry, Eagles, Redskins, and Cowboys. You know, can he stop the run? Can he cover a tight end? And he couldn't do it. Uh, when he played for the Rams. So I don't think he's that much of an upgrade to that position there. Um, but other than, other than that, I mean, I would – I'm, I'm leaning more towards 10 wins for the Giants. That's kind of who they are. Okay. 
10 wins at the most, um, eight wins at the least. So an eight and eight, 10 to six, 10 and six type team. Um, I don't think they're better than the Eagles partially one because Pat Shermer is a new head coach and two, they don't have the defensive depth that the Eagles do. So, you know, I, you know, I think we're both in agreement, you know, Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Redskins is kind of the order. Um, and, uh, the Giants, if, if, if they're all healthy, that's a dangerous team. That's a, uh, a fun team to watch. You know, I don't mind watching the Giants play. And, you know, it should be a very good season for the Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, and Redskins. It should be very interesting. It, it, they're going to end up cannibalizing themselves. And that's going to that's gonna be the crazy part about the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it'll be a little gauntlet for themselves, especially, you know, Outside of the Philadelphia Eagles, between the Eagle or between the Cowboys, between the Giants and the Redskins, I do think they're going to beat the shit out of each other up. And I see a lot of splits. I do think easily the Eagles are the class, and they just they're just loaded yeah. right now. They're just loaded. So um, you know, good news, Eagles fans. I think we're all in agreement here that you are the class of the NFC East. Now get Carson Wentz healthy and try and get a back-to-back championship. That would be something for Philly. Yeah, for sure. You know, back-to-back NFC's champs, you know, make the playoffs, whether they're being number one, number two, or number three seed, they should be fine. They'll be a team to, to uh, that's going to get the best effort from everybody else. Um, the, the, the thing about this season for the NFC East, they're playing the AFC South, which used to be a joke. Now, you know, you have Jacksonville, Houston, Tennessee. Um, they're all – pretty damn good and that's going to be those games like you you had mentioned earlier those are coin flip games and that's going to be those are going to be tough games for all four of the NCs teams to go out there and play against those guys so it's going to be an interesting schedule um you know so i got 11 and 5 for philly 10 and 6 for the giants at best uh 9 and 7 for the cowboys and i'm thinking 6 and 5 and 11 for the redskins you know it's just um that's kind of how I have them laid out. I think it, I, I can agree with you 100%. And you're right. The, I mean, the teams that the NFC has to play, it, it it's that's that's tough, man. I mean, that, across the board, that's it's going to be tough for the NFC East. There, there's no cakewalks there for any of these teams. And you know what, though? At the end of the day, they'll be battle-tested. And, you know, if – Health is the big thing in the NFL, right? I mean, the healthy team, the team with the talent and, and the most health, or, or they have a chance. Uh, and the Eagles showed last year that they were capable of winning a Super Bowl when they weren't very healthy, despite all the odds. So, I mean, shit, man, if they're healthy with the additions that they've had, I'm, I'm not I'm not putting my money anywhere else in the NFC East. Than the yeah, Eagles. definitely. I'm, I'm riding with the Eagles this year um, in the NFC East. You know, and then the Giants do play our Niners at my, uh, on Monday Night Football, and that's in San Francisco. I feel bad. It's in that. Santa Clara. They're y'all gonna get mopped. Giants fans, don't go Jimmy, over. Jimmy GQ's coming. He's about to floss on these. Exactly. Teams. So, um, so yeah, it'll be one of your six losses. It'll be to San Francisco. Come on, let's get that. Just Hell get yeah. that out there. Um, but yeah, NFC East, man, that's gonna be exciting. Um, 
with this series that me and Fernando are going to hear are putting together, uh, we're going to dive into the AFC East next episode um, with our a, buddy, a good buddy of ours. He was a big Dolphins fan, so we'll see how they're looking. Um, so <laughs> I still don't know how to, I still don't know how you get a diehard Dolphins fan. I just, <laughs> That cracks me up. There's some teams that when you tell me you're, you know, a Dolphins fan, I'm always like, geez, like, did you grow up in Miami? Like, how did this, how did this happen? Other than Dan Marino and some of these, like, I wanted, I'm always interested to hear the story of how some of these individuals became fans of some well, of these we'll teams. ask them. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll ask them. Definitely. Because, so, I mean, they know our story. So, um, but, uh, yeah, NFC East is going to be popping. I'm excited. Uh, football's around the corner, and uh, it's it's only going to get better from here. Um, so, yeah, next week we'll get dive into the AFC East, and then we'll continue this series. After that, we'll get in the NFC North and then go on, so, so on and so forth. But as always, um, I'm Javi. That's Fern. You can reach me at HTBCast on Twitter. And then we do have the JNF pod uh, on the Instagram. So we'll be posting pictures, some more videos and things like that. So that's how, that's how we get down. And hopefully, uh, this thing grows more and more and more, especially with football. Cause as you can tell from our dialogue here, this is what we love the most. And we will Absolutely. dig in as much as we can. Yes. And you guys can, uh, can check me out on Twitter, DZ0880. Uh, again, this is something that we love to do. We enjoy it. Um, we're drinking a beer. We do this. We did this beforehand, and we were just like, you know what? Let's hit record and uh, and see how it goes. So we're getting better at it, and we want to continue with this. So definitely some feedback, and uh, we'll we'll keep going after this. So thanks a lot for, for the sure, support. For sure. All right, Fern. So we'll uh, we'll get back on it next week, and uh, I'll hit you up. Sounds good, my brother. You All take right. it easy, man. Tell the family and the All wife right, what's up. Everybody out there, peace. Peace.